1: You've probably heard me talk quite a bit about revival, and maybe that has different meanings to different people. I consider revival a move of God in ourselves or in a church, city, or nation. God begins to move. It doesn't have to be a revival meeting. Revival can come, and it will cause people to be turned to the Lord. Now, there's different levels of that, different forms of it, And part of my ministry is to help fulfill the prophetic words about a very big revival that is coming on the earth. And I've been talking about it in my prophetic forecast. In fact, my 2018 or the prophetic forecast, volume three, will go into some of the details about that. But again, revival needs to come in your hearts, and we will see when we see a true revival, like the Jesus People Movement. It was a true revival. It was the last known revival in North America back in the 70s. That's where people, it's a salvation based. Now, we've seen different types of moves of God, and I've been part of many of those moves. In fact, I was one of the forerunners of a move that started in the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, 2002, and it was called prophetic evangelism. And prior to that, we really hadn't been using the prophetic gifts for outreach. And God began to move on several of us, me as one of them, and I began to give prophetic words out in the marketplace, in Starbucks, all over the place, begin to do dream interpretation and things like that. In fact, I was part of launching dream outreach teams and prophetic outreach teams all over the world. Now, I'm not saying I, I cornered the market in any way. But I was one of the forerunners and one of the fathers of this movement, and I did my first prophetic evangelism outreach in Kelowna, British Columbia, back in 2001 with an amazing woman, Stacey Campbell. Now, Stacy is a prophet. She's the founder of the Canadian Prophetic Council, and um, her and her husband, Wesley, had planted churches, they're being part of Revival. Now, we went into a booster juice in Kelowna, and we gave prophetic words. And Stacy was the one who helped open this up over me. She and Patricia King were the ones who actually first started that flow inside of me. I went off from that event in 2001. I went off and moved with John Paul Jackson. My wife and I moved to New Hampshire and got trained in dream interpretation and became his national dream team coordinator, to do all the things. But if I take it back, it really was Stacy and Patricia King who began to ignite this fire in me, and I had just been healed of an incurable disease that had killed almost all of my family. I was down, I was an out-of-work pastor, and suddenly I got this flame and this fire came in me to do outreach a new way. Now, since then, I've developed it more. I've interpreted many dreams, well over 30,000 Dreams, And we, I've done the prophetic words and even tattoo interpretation because God is moving and there's over a billion people with tattoos today. And the prophetic is, I tell you, it's one of the vehicles that will open people's hearts. You won't have to worry about, you know, having to convince people Jesus is real when you can tell them the secrets of their heart. If you can just even say one or two things or interpret a dream. People are so open today. I'm telling you, they're so open to hearing from God because, you know, they're going to psychics and they really want to hear from something outside of themselves. But after doing, I mean, lots of outreaches for years, I found out something is that most people don't know that God can speak. They have no idea that Christians can give prophetic words. Now, the prophetic gift is now rebirthed. Since that time, you can go into churches probably somewhere in most cities around the globe, and you can get a prophetic word. You can find a team that will give you a prophetic word. But back when I started, back in 1988, when we heard someone who had the gift of prophecy, we would load up the car, I don't care, you know, 100 people in a, in a Volkswagen that only went in reverse and drive, Yeah, you know, in other words, we were hungry back then. And We would go places where we would find people who could give prophetic words. But now, you know, the Lord has now brought that into the mainstream, and it's an exciting time. I tell you, I'm so thrilled to be part of those days, and it's still alive. I'm not saying it's the past, but God is now morphing it into something new, and there's prophetic teams that are rising up, and God's going to start a new movement using the gifts. And I have a special guest on the broadcast, it is stacy campbell she 's her and Wesley are good friends of mine, and we 've known each other for a long time. She has a very powerful prophetic gift. I just love her, and she 's part of many of the revivals the the nineteen ninety four Toronto blessing her and Wesley were part of those moves of God, so this is a person who 's carrying the gold she 's carrying something her and her husband carry a piece of Revival within them, and they have a heart for people. I just love that about them, and so I'm really thrilled to have her on the broadcast with me. Stacy, welcome to the broadcast.
0: Ah, uh, it's so good to be with you again, Doug.
1: Yeah, awesome. boy. Yeah, we've missed you. We, I think the last time we were together I, it was in Pasadena at one of the HIM things. But before that, had was out in Michigan or something. Did did an event a few years ago. But God's really doing stuff all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Doug, actually, it's you've been very key places in my life and my husband's life and my son's life, and I remember, you know, what what's really on my heart to talk about today is what God's doing, you know, the times and seasons that we're in in the Lord, and I'm kind of one of those people that sees things a bit ahead of time, and so I launch out doing stuff, like I was um in 1987-88, we were Baptists, Wesley and I had just got out of Baptist Bible College and Baptist Seminary, and um, we had this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, kind of a mini Toronto before Toronto, seven or eight years before Toronto, wow. and it just birthed the prophetic. And we, we had this huge move of God, like hundreds of people got saved in that. It was very much like an act. It was incredible. And so I kind of foreran that, the whole ecstatic prophecy thing, and I wrote a book on it, More Than Abi Versus the Seer. and uh, But um, in the 90s, This is when I first met you. I was about to, I'd come out of Australia, and the Lord had spoken to me through a group there about launching prophetic evangelism in North America, because at that time, there were, like, Bethel wasn't doing treasure hunts, there wasn't any prophetic evangelism that I knew of, and the Lord talked to me about hosting prophetic, free spiritual readings, free, you know, prophetic uh, consultations for people, um, because... Uh, he said it, to actually meet the needs of the culture, like in Acts 17, where the Apostle Paul went up on Mars Hill and saw that people were very religious, that they were searching for God, and he said, the God you don't know I'm about to reveal to you, and then he just would launch into evangelism. God was speaking to me that there was this plethora explosion of psychics and psychic fairs and all that, and yet the Church has prophets that are anointed, Ephesians, you know, four, that God gives some to be prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists, all the rest of it, but that there's an anointing from heaven for prophecy and greater is he that it's in us than he that's in the world. And why weren't um, prophets reaching out? So Patricia King used to go to our church in Canada at that time. I remember this. This is where I first met you. It was so crazy. And she was doing this school of evangelism. And I had spoken to her about this idea. She said, great, Stacy. I've already got, like, just people going out on the streets and doing surveys and doing art evangelism and doing, like, music evangelism, just taking a guitar out. She said, but I don't have anything. Like, that's a great idea, free spiritual readings. You can run the whole team. <laughs> so I was kind of freaked out. And you were trying to get into that school of evangelism. So we had a couple hundred people signed up for it, and you were trying to get in, and the school was full. And so... She said, no, the school's full. And, and you kept saying, well, how do I get there? And anyway, uh, you were so persistent in getting into that school. And you ended up in my class. Patricia said she finally let you in because you flew all the way there without even registration. And they told you, no, you couldn't get in, and you flew anyway from the state. That's
1: not like we
0: did that little. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But the crazy thing is, I remember, you remember, I, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, you know. I have never done this before. I'm your leader. Follow me. But you were the only guy in the whole class of 30 students out of the school of 200. My section was training pre-spiritual readings, and we went into booster juice and all that. But you were the only guy in my class, my first class, my inaugural class that had ever been to a psychic. So before you had been a believer. And I say, well, what do you do there? Like, what do they do? And like, why do you go there? And and you so helped me like from the class to kind of become culturally relevant to kind of like Hudson Taylor, you know, not use so much Christianese and actually do prophetic evangelism to a seeker that's looking for God. And yeah, I, I, that was amazing that you, and you were the best one in the class, and then I you did. took prophetic evangelism to a whole
1: new level. Right, wow. and just so you know, I hadn't written my book yet. I mean, I really was green at this, and I knew <clears throat> the Lord told me, if I didn't go there, I would miss my destiny. That's what he told me, and it, wow. was, it was like wow. I knew I had, it was like a test for me. It was funny, because I went up there, and I was out of a job at the time. I'd just gotten healed of Huntington disease, and and we, we actually met in San Jose. I had just gotten healed of Huntington's the couple of weeks before, and you and Wesley were speaking in 2001, and you called me out and mm-hmm. said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You should be out. What are you doing in this cave? And at wow. that point, I knew the Lord said that you need to be at that conference she's talking about up there. And so I jump on the plane with no place to stay. Even I was willing to stay in the Kelowna uh, airport. <laughs> And I see you on the plane. Mm-hmm. That was a trip. That was, I, And I, you drove me over to your sister's wow. house or something. You know, it was like a whole bunch of things happened. Oh, yeah,
0: right. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I forgot about that part.
1: It was so wild. But
0: anyway, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. Like you were the
0: best student in the class. You took it to a whole new level. You actually then really, like, we kind of sowed the seed for those things. Kind of launched it out of there. Patricia and you both took it to a whole new level and really, you know, began to minister and bring so many people to Jesus that were searching for God, but in all the wrong places. Yeah, so exactly. I, I just
1: yeah.
0: Have to honor you for that. Yeah. Thank you and so much. And then the much. next time I met you, I was doing a conference with you at Steve Springer's in uh,
1: Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, uh, Madison. Madison,
0: Wisconsin. That's where it was. Yeah. And, and we were doing a prophetic conference, you, me, and Steve Springer. And I got up that afternoon to speak, and the Holy Spirit just hit you. And you said you've got this deep grieving came over you. You just started weeping. And you texted 350 intercessors, and you said, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, I got hit with this spirit of grieving. Please pray for the speakers at this conference. feels like a spirit of death. And you said you interceded weeping for three and a half hours while I did my sermon and ministry time. And when I met you and Stephen and the rest of the people at the dinner, we had dinner together, you said, you, you know, that it went from grieving to believing, and I didn't even know what had happened yet. And as you're telling me this story of interceding for three and a half hours, getting all your intercessors praying, I get a phone call from emergency from my husband and found out my second son Judah had just broken his neck in a rugby game uh, and was instantly a quadriplegic and he really, he actually could have died. So literally uh, um, it it, it was, he just smashed his neck and he was instantly a quadriplegic. And um, what happened, you know, was extraordinary. There's a whole, you know, bunch of prophetic pieces to this, but long story short, my son walked out of the hospital five weeks later and all your intercessors were already praying you know, before the accident happened, and I felt like you know what you did was you stopped the intention of the enemy with your intercession, and um, we got a dramatically different result. So yes. now my wow. son Judah is is totally healed. It's just an amazing, amazing.
1: Thing. I'm crying every time I hear the story or I think back on it, and <laughs> it's one of those times where you're thinking, no, you know, this isn't the spirit of death. It's Stacy. You know you know what I mean? You you start doubting it. I do remember yeah. sitting down at dinner trying to, like, because I am the the encouraging word guy. And how do you flip this around? You know, oh, by the way, you know, the spirit of death is over mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to say it. But the <laughs> Lord said to me that he's going to bless you as a mother. And I remember that part, and I didn't understand mm-hmm. it, but it, it's so true. And it was so much fun seeing, and not for you to walk through that, but to, but now we're standing. Fun, it's fun mm-hmm. now. We're celebrating because... We're looking mm-hmm. back and saying, yes, that's the Lord. And for any of you listening right yeah. now, if you have a situation that the mountain hasn't moved, if you have a situation that that looks bleak, you know, this is the same God that's available today for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: totally, totally. I, I want to just add an exclamation point to that because, you know, the Lord— had spoken to chuck pierce the year judah broke his neck 2013 his head of the year word was judah will go first so i always when i tell judah's testimony is that you know the doctors had said 95 98 percent chance he'll be a quad for the rest of his life because you know it was severe spinal cord damage but but judah walked out of the hospital five weeks later and so i feel like judah is just a prototype yeah. Of you know, greater miracles that are going to happen all over the body of Christ and Judah's breakthrough is available to anybody else. Just that if your breakthrough is coming. It is. It is. It is time to see the impossible happen. Yeah, things that are impossible with man are possible
1: with God. Yeah, that's the word I keep getting, Stacy. Is it's time? Last year I heard the Lord. I had an encounter in heaven, and the Lord. Every time I would be taken into these encounters, the Lord would say, "It's time." And I just feel like there's something with that about the timing of the Lord right now, what He's doing in the world, and you're out there more than me. Just share a little bit about it.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, because um, at the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, we had a global prophetic summit with prophets that came from all over the world, 50-some nations, uh, about three or four months ago, met under the leadership of uh, Cindy Jacobs, and it was Bill Hammond said this. He said that 2018 is an amazing period of time. He says it's 70 years, you know, from the 1948 latter rain movement, where they had some of the greatest healing miracles, a movement of healing miracles that was extraordinary. And he said it's 70 years from then. He said it's 70 years from 1948 when Israel became its own nation, you know, up to 2018. He says it's 50 years from the Jesus People Movement. We know uh, October 31st of 2017, which you know was the beginning of the Jewish New Year, is just before that. Uh, so in this is, is 500 years from the Reformation. We are literally in a fullness of time, and one of the mandates of the Sons of Issachar, according to First Chronicles 12:32, the Sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons and had understanding of what Israel, or the people of God, had to do. And when you know what time it is, then you know you can move according to that time. And we are moving into, I believe, a fullness of time, an extraordinary time. Um, I had this kind of crazy prophetic thing happen to me at the Global Summit, the American Prophetic Roundtable, then the next day was the Global Prophetic Summit. And I, I, I was driving my car to catch the plane, And all of a sudden, my front tooth falls out, and Cindy Jacobs always says, Stacy, you're a science prophet, you know, and as we know from the Old Testament, Ezekiel was a science prophet, Isaiah was a science prophet, most of the major prophets, the, like, stuff would happen in their life, that Jeremiah was a science prophet, you know, and that was an indication, and part of the things of their life became a prophecy for the nation. Not that I'm saying I'm any of those, but sometimes I have signs that are, that are prophetic words that happen to me. So my tooth just, I have a a veneer on my front tooth and it just, I'm not chewing anything. I'm not doing I'm I'm talking and my tooth falls right out of my mouth. And so for those of you who understand dentistry, you know, when you get a veneer, they usually last between 25 up to 40 years, maybe more. And so I I chipped my tooth as a kid, the dentist put on a veneer. And when I was in my 40s, the dentist said, well, you know, we should probably take that out and put in a new one. And so he like, ground it all off. It was a big process. And so this is a fairly new veneer relative to the time spans of veneer. And they don't just fall out of your mouth. It just fell out of my mouth. and It was very embarrassing because uh, I looked like Jack Sparrow, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean. It I was just falling out of my mouth. And, and when I took it out, I had this sort of stump there. So I'm distracted at the Prophetic round table. So I, I get the plane, I get there, and, the, and Monday morning, all I want to do is not be at the round table because I'm sticking my tooth back in all the time, as I wanted to get to a dentist. And so I, I finally get a dentist that'll take me at lunchtime. So I go at lunchtime, get the veneer put back on my tooth, and I go back at 2 o'clock to the, the round table. And Cindy says, Stacy, what's the Lord saying? And I start to prophesy, and my tooth falls out of my mouth again. Oh, so my. in 24 hours, it just... Fell out of my mouth twice. And then I went to Adelaide, Australia after that, within a week, and it fell out again. So I had that tooth fall out of my mouth three times in one week. It's like unheard of. They last 25 to 40 years. So I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? So we're in the middle of this round table. And Cindy said, I, I had a crazy sign, so I, I will link these two things together. She said, I had two buzzards on my house last night. She said, I've never had, I don't even know if there are buzzards in Dallas, Texas. I've never had that happen before. But there were two of them on my house as I'm about to host these, this week of American and international prophets from all over the world. She said, Barbie Bressett, what do buzzards mean? So Barbie Bressett's looking up in her book. She says, oh, buzzards mean... She said, transition, because buzzards or vultures only show up when something's dead and they feed on the dead thing. That means something's totally over and you're about to move into something totally new. So that hit my spirit and I'd already lost my tooth twice at that point. So I look up dreams, visions. I'm looking up, what does teeth falling out mean? And the very first thing, it had a number of means, but the first thing I read says, oh, teeth falling out means transition. Because you lose your baby teeth and then you gain a whole new set of teeth. And that means you're moving from one phase to another phase. And so it was this kind of symbolic thing. And Bill Hammond had just given this whole thing on 70 years of this, 70 years of that, 50 years of this. And I believe, Doug, that with my whole heart, that we are moving into something so great that we are moving, that all, that the last move of God that many of us have been involved in, like the Toronto that birthed, you know, you know, Mike Bickle said he got a prophetic word at the ten year. you know, at the, I forget, three or four year anniversary of Toronto, or one time he was there uh, to launch the House of Prayer. So that came out of that move, and Brownsville came out of that move, and all the Revival Alliance came out of that move. Heidi Baker's, Whole movement in Africa came out of that move. Bethel came out of that move. You know, all those. It was one of those things of a, a massive outpouring. Millions of people came into the kingdom. You came, you know, launched out of that. Being so many ministries, but at the twenty-year anniversary of Toronto, to a man, the revival alliance leaders said the Lord showed them that this was just the little wave, but there was a bigger wave coming. Wow! And I feel this year we are now moving from the little wave into the tsunami wave. And this is not like a glory-to-glory move, although we'll always carry things future. This is a brand new move of God that's going to be bigger than anything we've ever seen. It's not an improvement, but you don't pour new wine in an old wineskin. There's a whole new set of leaders being birthed for this. And the leaders of the other move are going to keep going and it's going to be not either or, but both and more. But what I am seeing, Doug, I am seeing a shift from revival to reformation, to transformation. I am seeing a shift from Sunday morning and mega church and people coming to revival meetings from uh, the shift from Sunday morning or, or, you know, weekend evenings, you know, where they all came every night, night after night to Toronto. I'm seeing a shift from the come move of God, where people came. They got empowered by the Spirit. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They, you know, uh, they got equipped by the speakers. So if I were to use this language, it's a shift from, from come to go. It's a shift from Sundays and evenings to Monday to Friday, where you're going to see the, the saints, actually takes the anointing that they've received in these, these past moves and move it into the marketplace, move it into the workplace, move it Monday to Friday, equip saints doing what they had in the past season gone to church or to a revival meeting to receive, a miracle, salvation, healing, financial miracle. They're going to actually be those people that are laying hands on the sick on monday to friday prophesying to to the business to see massive shift you know that prospers everybody you know the power to create wealth will be on the people of god not only the power to be a witness and we are going to see a massive move of anointed people monday to friday taking over for the kingdom of god maybe that's not good language but uh, bringing the kingdom of God and the, the beauty of heaven on the earth, Monday to Friday, in the middle of the marketplace, in the middle of the workplace, and I think it's going to be so huge. There won't be just a few anointed people leading from stages, but it will be a global uh, saints that are equipped to let His kingdom come and let His will be done on the earth as it is in heaven.
1: Wow! Yeah,
0: and I can. I'm starting. I'm starting to see these little examples. So I was recently with this doctor and she was telling me her and her husband are both doctors and their son was trained in the house of prayer. And she said, the Lord told him to open a practice right next to, uh, she said, normally doctors go, you know, where, you know, more in the suburbs where people are, or they, you know, the center. But she said, the Lord told them to open a doctor's practice. Her and her husband are both doctors right next to, to an international place where global leaders come regularly. They fly into the city and out, and it's right next to this huge international place where presidents come, governmental officials come, leaders of economic forums come, and different things like that. And so, so they did, and she said their son, they gave him the top floor, and he built a house of prayer on the top floor, and he built it Monday to Friday, And they operated their business Monday to Friday, they still do. And she said, so he has a house of prayer that's not in a church and it's not in a thing. The house of prayer is above the doctor's office. Nobody can hear it. And she said, because they're right next to this, they're the closest doctor's office, when people would get sick, world leaders would come to their doctor's office. And she said over and over again people would walk into the office and begin weeping because the presence of God was there because the tabernacle of David was Monday to Friday over the doctor's office. And she said they would come in, they would make their appointment, they would write out their prescriptions. And she said they begin weeping and they would be embarrassed because their Highly educated sharp people she, they said, I never cry, I don't know why I'm crying, and they would start telling them their life stories, and so they would give them their prescriptions their or a diagnosis and but they said, Can we pray for you? You know um, we just want to bless you and so they would turn into like not just physical healing but like a lot of times just prayer and she said, very often, after they got healed, they would make another appointment to come back and they would say. We don't know why we're here, but I've never felt anything like I felt in this office, and I had to come back. I'm not sick anymore. So now they're opening like a counseling service right next door, and i I, I, that's just one testimony of people that I'm hearing the corporate office. You know, the, the leaders are becoming believers, and they're witnessing, and they're the evangelists, Monday to Friday, and all their top corporate people are getting saved, and financial heavyweights are getting saved, and high-level executives are getting saved, so they're having to start church on Friday at lunchtime or, or Thursday at 2 p.m. They're doing church in corporate buildings, not Sunday morning, but so many people are getting saved that they have to actually minister to them actually at the workplace. And so we're seeing revival happening Monday to Friday, churches being planted, houses of prayer being planted in the marketplace, and it's the movement of the saints where the anointing they've received from the Sunday and evenings, they're taking it every Monday to Friday and starting to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea and the miracles happening in, you know, Doctor's offices and corporate office, executive offices and university classrooms. And it's really the kingdom coming. And I, I'm so excited about yeah. it.
1: You know, um, I have, I just feel the anointing so strong right now over this. And and it is big. It's And it's the trans, I keep hearing that word, the transformation, uh, you know, the Lord transforming it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me, you know, I'm hearing people like you that are on the front lines all the time that it's, it's impacting all different sectors of business in the church and, and outside the church. Yeah. Are you seeing that?
0: Oh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's, I could tell you stories, but, you know, just for the discretion of people, but it is crazy the miracles that are happening. And one anointing that I'm seeing come in this move is the power to create wealth. And so we all know, you know, in the church, we all know about the power to be a witness, You know, Acts 1-8, go wait until you receive power from on high. And they go to the prayer room. They're there 10 days. The power from on high falls, and it's prophetic power. They all begin prophesying. They get filled with the Spirit of God. And Peter describes it. This is what Joel is talking about. You know, these men are not drunk like you think. They're filled with God their bodies are filled, their souls are filled, their minds are filled, and they are all prophesying, declaring the wonderful works of God in their own languages, you know, in in tongues. And then he said, but this is what Joel was talking about. Old men will dream dreams, young men will have visions, men and women will prophesy. So the primary manifestation of the power to be a witness, that they were waiting for for 10 days, is prophecy. It's Dreaming dreams, having visions, men and women prophesying, filled with God, declaring the wonderful works of God in their own language. And we all know the result of that was that 3,000 people got saved in a day. It was revival. And that's classic revival. You can, in my book, Ecstatic Prophecy, I have a whole section on church history where from the Montanists to the Huguenots to John Wesley to George Whitfield to Jonathan Edwards to... Azusa to, you know, to Toronto, to the uh, latter, like all moves of God where you see a real revival, lots of people saved in short periods of time, have that dimension of of the Acts too. And and we all know that. We've lived in those revivals. We we study those revivals. We, We love revival. But the power, there's another power that comes direct from heaven, which is Deuteronomy 818, I believe it is. That there's a power to create wealth. And and God says to his people that I will give you the power to create wealth. But that blessing of power to create wealth is that you might be a blessing. And so as Christians, we often understand that Jews are anointed above their fellows. They are blessed and they were given the mandate to disciple the Gentiles into the knowledge of God. They were given the mandate to bring the knowledge of God to the Gentiles. And that's why it's always to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Gentile. They, they had this mandate. But as Christians, we all expect the Jews to be richer. We expect the Jews to be smarter. We expect the Jews, you know, to, to be more influential. We understand that there's a, you know, relative to the proportion of Jews on the face of the earth, Their influence and significance is highly disproportionate to their population base. You know, they're more Nobel laureates, more inventors of things, more people in Hollywood. I mean, it's just crazy. And because they understood from Deuteronomy 818 that they got this power to create wealth that launched them to be the head and not the tail. And yet, Galatians says that those of us who are grafted in, my husband has this amazing sermon on this called The Blessing, that we get all the promises of Abraham, plus, you know, we're to even take that further so that we make Jews jealous with the anointing, because a Jew understands when a person is blessed, that blessing comes from heaven, and that the blessings we receive, as I am seeing, Doug, in answer to your question a while ago, that God is anointing. His people with that blessing, that power to create wealth, because he wants to move into Monday to Friday, he's he's anointing his people with ideas that are, are, are making them, they're, they're creating wealth. I, I've recently prophesied over a guy that got this idea in a dream, you know, it took him three or four years to make patents on it. He got the global patent for it. The week he got the final patent for it. You know, the multi-million dollar idea turned into, uh, you know, a hundred million dollar idea because uh, Obama made a decree that week that made his invention that he just patented worth, you know, a hundred times more than it was at the beginning. And now several nations have made those kinds of decrees. And now he's moved into being a billionaire in just, you know, five or eight years because, of the dream that came from heaven, and that's the power to create wealth. But all he wants to do is help the poor, bring movements of justice on the earth. He understands he's blessed to be a blessing. He's an evangelist in the corporate world because he's telling everybody, oh, I got this idea and a dream, and this person prophesied over me, and I had um, prophesied over him, and other people had prophesied over him, and he'd say, and all these prophets, and so these people are saying what's prophecy? What's you know what? What do you mean this person prophesied over you? And, and and now they're looking to have like the prophetic come and minister to them, and he's leading them all to Christ, and he's an evangelist in corporate in in the corporate world and starting services. You know, and it's just so exciting to see these anointings. They don't work just in church. They come from heaven, and they're meant. To actually manifest the nature of God to the earth and to bring his kingdom, to bring salvation to the masses and to bring justice, to bring righteousness, blessed to be a blessing, to bring inventions that actually help all of humanity. His invention is is going to shift, you know, health for the nations of the earth. And I know another guy that got an invention in a download that um, has shifted education, you know, in a continent. And, and this is what I'm seeing, that God's anointing people with the power to create wealth, with this blessing from on high, that's not just a power to be a witness. We understand evangelism and revival, but transformational power that actually will bless every citizen of the city you're in or the state your province you're in or the nation you're in something that actually benefits humankind because God so loves the whole world. And he's not willing for any to perish. And his ideas are so big that they bless everybody. But he wants to anoint his people with that kind of power, that kind of blessing that brings transformation and salvation. Not either or, but both. And more. Right. And That's now this is, this is the... Baker
1: said. This is the very anointing that Joseph had in Genesis 41. And you talked, it's the prophetic. He didn't just interpret a dream. He gave the word of wisdom, and he actually activated that and changed the world. And uh, also, what you're saying is, I just keep going back to Prophet Bob Jones, who he was the one who prophesied the billion-soul harvest, gave his whole life to the billion-soul harvest. Every time I was around Bob, he talked Mm -hmm. about it. He would always say, we would need a lot of money. We're going to need a lot wow. of money because this group doesn't have money, because it's going to be big. It's so big. And he uh, died without seeing it, but now his seed fell to the ground. And, and in John twelve twenty four is, and especially with Billy Graham as well right now, we've got the seed that just mm-hmm. fell to the ground. And now we have a prophet and an evangelist crying out for this stuff to come.
0: That's awesome. And you know, I just, I just believe there's people listening right now, Doug, that know that, that they're, they're feeling the spirit on them as I speak about the power to create wealth. And you know, this is not greed. You can't hold this power. When God gives you these ideas, he wants you blessed, yes, but he wants you blessed to be a blessing. He wants you to get ideas from heaven that actually shift things. And I feel like it's resting on people right now. And, Lord, we just release that over them. We prophesy, God, that it's coming from heaven. And they are going to have, uh, you know, the the $10,000 idea, the $100,000 idea, the $1 million idea, the $1 billion idea, God, that as much as they can contain with their character, God, you are going to pour it out in them and they are going to release that blessing and bless all the people around them Monday to Friday. God, they're going to change their cities. They're going to change their families. They're going to change their neighborhoods. They're going to eradicate poverty. They're going to bless the single moms in their apartment block. Father, Lord, right now, God, loose that power to create wealth that makes them the head and not the tail, that gives, uh, Lord, for the sake of harvest, and the preparation of your kingdom coming on the earth like it is in heaven, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Wow, that was so powerful. You know, uh, one thing I appreciate, uh, there's so much I appreciate about you, but you prayed a prayer very similar, like I could tell, that same anointing that you prayed over me when we first met back in 2001, and I went from there, and I had never, I had prophesied over individuals, But I went from there and actually uh, went to a meeting and did a meeting or something, and I began to prophesy over people in the crowd. It exploded, and something began Mm -hmm. to happen, and it triggered. It's it's like a chain reaction in the spirit that pulls, uh, you know, that right now it's happening.
0: Yeah, you see, I, I I believe that freely we've received and freely we give. And I know God's moving Monday to Friday, so I'm actually working with people right now, launching workplace prophets. Wesley calls them palace prophets, like Joseph, like Daniel. I'm starting a whole school on it, a course they can sign up. They want And in, in, in the next week or so, I'll have it all posted. And, and I'm going to train people first in the values of the prophetic, and then I'm going to train them how to prophesy Monday to Friday. But I'm also going to gather people, you know, that carry this to speak to Pharaohs and to speak to Nebuchadnezzars and Xerxes, what Joseph did at the tops of mountains. God is loosing on people that are next to Pharaohs and Nebuchadnezzars, that are next to the kings of the earth. God is loosing that prophetic on them and equipping them how to move, like an Esther before the king and like a... Joseph before a pharaoh, and 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 so I believe that that equipping people and and not only like impartation, but actually training them how to move in that. And I just love giving everything away. I I don't want to have one person like Elijah and Elisha. I don't want to have one person. Anything I have from heaven, I want to see it multiplied. Lord, look, you gave me. One talent. I brought you one more. Look, you gave me five. I brought you five more. Whatever measure God gives, I love to see it released. And I'm so happy. I've had probably hundreds or thousands of people tell me the same thing, that once, you know, after I prayed for them, they started doing it. And there is no greater joy than to see, you know, the prophetic. I want to see the testimony of Jesus fill the earth, fill the office building fill the highways, you know, fill the university classroom, fill the corporate office with edification, exhortation, comfort, the knowledge of God, the testimony of Jesus. I want to see, I, I, I wish all God's people were prophets. So I'm, And you now have taken that anointing, and you have multiplied it. And you now are far greater than me in actually prophetic evangelism, in reaching out to the lost and taking the testimony of Jesus and binding up the brokenhearted. And like, you're, you're amazing at that. You've, you've exploded it. And then, so see what happens when you give things away. People can go further than you ever, ever could and reach people you never, ever could. So, you know, I hope you also give it away everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, uh, I just, um, you know, this has been such a powerful time. And another thing that I just wanted to just say about Stacy and Wesley is they accept people. And for me, I had a radical visitation in 2013, three times in one year. The Lord called me to a group of outcasts that most people wouldn't want to reach. In fact, it got me in trouble everywhere I went. And the Lord said, "This is so big, I'm going to cause the Super Bowl in 2013 to prophesy." Over it he told me ahead of time he says what I'm calling you it's going to be a sign around the world and in New Orleans and San Francisco and Baltimore we're playing and that's that's the west of the East the Lord was going to move in places like New Orleans in you know in in these places and the, mm. and the lights went out in the stadium during the Super Bowl for 34 minutes. And the ending wow. score, when it went out, it was 34. And the ending score was 34 to 31, which is Ezekiel is 34 31. And wow. the Lord said, I'm calling you and many others right now to the Ezekiel 34 lost sheep who've been wounded. And there was way mm-hmm. more to that whole uh, prophecy of the Super Bowl. And then I went on from there and had an encounter. Then the Lord showed me who it was, and it was the outcasts, you know, and that's why I have one portion of that. It's not like it's going to be all this, but I have the LGBT uh, calling for it, and I, I'm not gay myself, but the Lord gave me a heart, and he says, I want to show you what's going on behind the scenes, and I went into some meetings, and I met a whole group of amazing LGBTQ people who are being filled with the Holy Spirit, radically converted, but the church just killing them, killing them, killing them. And that's my calling. But you and Wes, I, I wanted mm-hmm. some of the few people that embraced me and stood up for me in mm-hmm. the midst of receiving a calling that you know people don't understand. And I've had to walk with some shame. Yeah. But there was such a fathering and mothering anointing on you that you may not realize, but you you just have been in such a a, a breath of life to me, especially when I first received it and. You know, I'd be mean, like, it was just bad during that time, and how I got treated. But bless their hearts, just mm-hmm. to say, you know, I just learned to do that. It, you
0: know, it's always hard to move into a new arena, and you know, sometimes when we're starting, like I know from myself, when I've launched things, I, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes, you know, when I'm launching things, I, you know, I make mistakes, and I, you know, I stumble, and I get back up, I get, and I keep moving towards it. And one thing I do know is that God. Is not willing for any to perish, right? but for all to come to the knowledge of the truth. And God so loves the world. God loves people that we don't love. And, you know, and God's heart is always reaching out to try to bring them to himself. And then, you know, we've seen, you know, the addicted come in and maybe they don't get totally free of their addictions right away, but God begins to like minister to them. And yeah. over time, he just loves them to wholeness. And I, I feel like we are less patient than God, you know. As God is moving, but God's heart is, right. is it, God is love, and God is holy. He's He's all these things at the same time. He's He's perfect, you know. But good for you for caring for people. And I'm sorry that sometimes you know we are not understanding the heart of God that's pushing these initiatives. You
1: know, yeah. The Lord the actually, the Lord prepared me. That's we're doing prophetic evangelism back then. You know, we were beat by you know the Bible belt, and then uh, he called me into the tattoo. Yeah, yeah, you know, the tattoo stuff. And I don't have tattoos. I haven't changed my theology in any way. You know about homosexuality. In other words, it's just love, like you said. If we can grab hold of the heart of love and the spirit of prophecy, mm-hmm. we can change the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If we know all mysteries and all knowledge and we don't have love, we're nothing, you know? So, and yet as we move in, you know, God is holy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And God is all these things. You know, we just increased in the knowledge of God and so it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, you have been a forerunner in, you know, the Monday to Friday and going places where, with. You know, people that don't come to church. You've been a forerunner in the go into all the world and make disciples of nations. You forerun that whole verse and so God sent you to places to make disciples. It's a, it's an awesome thing. So I applaud you for that.
1: Yeah, well I'm just saying that what started as a conference that you did on prophetic evangels hadn't been done in, in North America. Then it wow, it sprang into going all over the world and dream and outreach and many different people. Now, it even sprang again into a new realm, and it's just going to keep going. I just want you to know that God is going to use you. Listen, God wants to use you where you are. And whether you feel like you're stuck before a door that that it's closed and doesn't appear it's going to open, maybe you thought you messed up so bad that you could never do anything again, maybe whatever it is, the Lord is greater than your addiction. He's greater than your sin. The Lord's mm-hmm. love is greater than all of those things. And there's a breaker anointing right now that's going to break out. Mm-hmm. There's a breakout anointing that's here. And you may want to listen to this broadcast again because there's a powerful anointing for all the different people. You know, the people who were on the front lines and the medics. You know, when my dad was in World War II, he picked up people on the front lines, he was a medic. But there's also the people who were running things, and you know, the, and the generals, and the, and making the money We're the body of Christ. And I just want to encourage you. It's been such a a powerful time. So, Stacy, uh, tell us again how we can get a hold of you and anything that you have to offer.
0: Well, Wesley and I have a website called Wesley W E S L E Y. Wesley, Wesley Stacy S T A C E Y. Both of us have E Y. Wesley Stacy Campbell. C A M P Camp, Camp Bell, Bell dot com. So it's just simply Wesley Stacy Campbell dot com and we will have more information available there for initiatives for some schools that we're doing, our conference schedules and stuff like that. But I really feel you know, even my time is going to be spent differently as things move Monday to Friday because God God is anointing the listeners now. He's he's anointing them to carry his glory into their spheres of influence. And uh, so, yeah, we just want to help equip them and serve them to be on the front lines now. And, and like, I know that's your heart as well, Doug. So they can also just look up mostly. It's just com. We also have a ministry uh, to the poor that we've just handed off to our spiritual son called be a hero international.org. We raise, homes and orphanages and schools and feeding programs for children at risk all over the world, and that's a massive passion of ours for decades, but um, that's how they can get a hold of us.
1: Great. All right. Well, we've been talking with Stacy Campbell, good friend of ours, and also such a fireball for the Lord, And, and I want you to just share this with someone who feels stuck or feels like... Maybe you've seen it all and, and whatever, because there's an anointing coming right now. It's going to release us into this new season of transformation. And I'm just really excited about it. Thank you so much, Stacey, for taking your time to be with us.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And it's, it's just been great. I just want to say one thing. If the Super Bowl in 2013 launched you, imagine what this Super Bowl did when the Eagles beat the Patriots. I know. So I, I think that's <laughs> the, the prophetic... Is going to come, like, like this is a season where we're going beyond the national boundaries into all the world and the the prophetic spirits coming on his people. I think that's a sign, too, you know? So it's awesome, Doug. What a great time to be alive. Thank
1: you. All right, everybody. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.